All right. That was faster than last time. They've been telling me, I, you know, I'm getting too old. I can't make it through the, the bumper videos. But sure, not when they're 16 seconds long, right? Those of you who are new, you don't know. We have a bit bumper video almost every week. And usually they're like a minute or a minute and a half. But this one was 16 seconds. And I don't know if they're taking bets back there or what. But anyway, I, I, you know, I couldn't quite make it up there this time. Sorry about that. So here we are. Almost a week into 2019, and I still can't believe that 2018 is over. It seemed like it just went by like a blur. And as I reflected on 2018, from a standpoint of new life, it's amazing. It's really incredible what God did in through and beyond new life. Just in a, if we go overseas to start with, in Cuba, we had the opportunity back last February to plant, help plant 13 churches in Cuba. And then in June, for the very first time, a team went out from New Life to Africa and did a, an evangelistic crusade there. And hundreds of people came to, to know Jesus through that SOS mission project. And then in July and August, we were in Cambodia and we had already been there. I had been there for the dedication of the vocational training center, which we paid to have built in Mongol Bray School District in Bontemiche Province. And then in July and August, a team of New Life people went to uh, do kids camp. Uh, there were 400 orphans from all over Cambodia through Southeast Asia Prayer Center's um, uh, Project Hope, and we got to spend a, a week with them. And so it was really an awesome year in mission from a standpoint of far away. And in the standpoint of your generosity and giving, we gave more than a quarter of a million dollars to mission in 2018. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, we can, we can clap for that, for what God did through us. Then... Right here at home, let's start with mission right here at home. During the 4th of July weekend, the high schoolers and middle schoolers through their, um, their mission, local mission right here, served in our communities. And we always hear about how teenagers aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. But a group of teenagers from New Life Student Ministry, from New Life Students, served the people of Butler and various other places in Jesus' name. And one of the things they did was helped out with the third annual 3rd of July fireworks display that we had. First time we had Zambelli do the fireworks, and they, uh, they coordinated with Pastor Brad to choreograph the fireworks to music. And it's estimated about 3,000 people in our community got to see those fireworks. So that was something we did for the community. And then if we sort of fast forward, uh, let's keep summer. Uh, the children's ministry during the summer had their summer explosion, and we had so many people. And, and even though we didn't have the new building yet, they still had a wonderful week, mostly did stuff outside, which was pretty cool that we could do that. And then in September, we opened the Galaxy, the new building. And since the Galaxy opened, we've seen more children, more students, uh, teenagers, that is, and more adults uh, here uh, through New Life students, through New Life kids, through small groups that met in the, in the church property and through weekend worship than ever before. And then just last month in December, we had our... Um, acoustic Christmas. We had to have two of them because so many people wanted to come and celebrate the birth of Jesus, and it was awesome. And then just during the Christmas Eve services, those seven services that we had, 1,750 people came out for all of that. So it was a great year. It really was a great year, what God did in through and beyond us. In fact, probably the only person who really knows how many people came to know Jesus um, in through and beyond the work of new life all over the world is Jesus himself. And one day we'll get to know that when we go to heaven, and that will be an exciting time. But it's a good at the beginning of a year to look back and to celebrate what God has done, but also to think about what we did and what we left undone. And then it's important as we turn the corner into a new year to look ahead and say, what does God want to do? 
in 2019. What does he want to do as we move into this new year? That's what we're going to talk about today, and that's what the the take-home point for this morning has to do with. And before we get to the take-home point, which is in uh, your connection, which if you look uh, in the very back of the connection, there's a thing that's, this is an outline. I want to talk about the outline as we start a new year. I met a couple of new friends in December, pastors Nick and Nikki Shabrinsky from the Generation House of Worship over in Brackenridge. And one of the things that, that Pastor Nick does, it's really cool, every week before he starts to preach is he tells people to get out their notes. And then he says this, note takers are history makers. Note takers are history makers. That's literally true if you think about it. If stuff happens in history and nobody writes it down, then there's no history. So note takers are literally history makers, but it's also true practically because as we write down the notes... And we take them home and you keep them in our Bible. That's why they're so small. You can put them in your Bible, review them during the week. Then what we learned stays with us. Many of you who have come to New Life for a while know my two favorite formulas. Information minus application is just information. But information plus application equals transformation. And yet, if we don't have the information in the first place, we can't apply it. So... As always, here at New Life, it's challenged by choice, so you don't have to take notes unless you want to, but I will say, note-takers are history-makers. So here's the take-home point for today. A life without God's vision is a half-lived life. A life without God's vision is a half-lived life. Now, there are lots of people in the world who don't have God's vision in their life. Am I saying that they're living a half-lived life? That's exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if there is a God who created men and women in his image and has given us a plan and purpose for living, if we don't know what that is, if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't live it out in our life, there's no possible way we can live a full life. We have a God, according to the book of you know, Genesis all the way to Revelation, a God who wants to be in relationship with us and who has revealed himself to us in so many different ways. And when we know what his revelation is to us, what he's revealed to us, his plan, his vision... Then and only then can we live life fully. So what we're going to do today is we're going to turn to uh, one of the books in the Bible. It's a book of Proverbs. It's a book of wise sayings from King Solomon, the third king of Israel, considered to be one of the wisest men who ever lived before Jesus. And as we look at what Solomon has to say, we're going to focus in on vision. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. That not only did you create us, not only have you redeemed us in Jesus, not only do you give us your Holy Spirit, but you have a purpose for our lives, individually and together. And as we move into this new year of 2019, I pray, God, that you will be glorified in the way that we live our lives. We ask that we will live them in the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at Proverbs 29, 18. We're going to look at it in three different translations. The New Living Translation, second edition, which is the translation we typically use on Sunday mornings. Um, And then we're going to look at it in the English Standard Version and the King James Version. And here's what King Solomon said. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision... The people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So we see some common threads running through these three English translations, which we would expect. 
because the translation's purpose is to bring forth what God has said in the original language of Hebrew in this case, or Greek in the case of the New Testament. But the common thread that we see, first of all, is when there's no divine guidance or prophetic vision or vision, bad things happen. In fact, when we don't have those kind of things, we are going to be lost. We need God's input in our lives. And that makes sense. Again, if God created everything, He created us So he knows best what's best for us. And we can't live our life fully until he has given us his definition of life and living it. So when we live without divine guidance or prophetic vision or or vision, it says we run wild, we cast off restraint, we perish. Let's, Let's expand on that a little bit. It means that we go off on a tangent. When we don't have God's vision, we go off on our own little tangent or we go off in a different direction or, or what we do is we disobey the, the rules, the guidelines, the instructions that God has put in place for our benefit. And in extreme cases, we die. That's what happens when we ignore what God has told us. And the challenge is nobody likes rules. Now, I know a few of you are sitting there saying, well, I like rules. Well, I can sort of prove that you don't like rules because God gave Adam and Eve one rule. And it didn't take very long until they broke it. You see, we don't like to follow rules all the time. I know some of us like guidelines and rules and stuff, but not that much. And here's what happens. When we forget our God-given vision for living, we devise our own. And that's what Adam and Eve did, and that's what we do. Or we listen to the devil as he whispers into our ear, and that leads us to destruction. Jesus said, the thief, that is the devil, comes only to steal, to kill, or kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that you may have life in all of its abundance. You see, the devil wants to kill us. He wants to to steal our joy, our blessing. He wants to steal the goodness of life that God has for us. He wants to destroy us. And that's because the devil was once on God's side. In fact, he was one of the three top angels. But he didn't consider that position high enough. He wanted the top position. He wanted to be God. And so he rebelled against God. And when he rebelled against God, obviously, there's a battle ensues. And God is going to win that battle. And he did. And he cast the devil down to the earth. And so the devil now wants to do one thing. He wants to destroy us because he knows that God loves us so much. Now, King Solomon also said that obeying God's vision fills us with joy, with blessing, and with happiness. Well, knowing that, it seems so simple that we would all want to do that, right? If, if knowing God's vision and doing it would fill us with joy and happiness, why wouldn't we want to do that? Well, it's interesting that it, as we look at the news, as we begin January 2019, we do see people casting off restraint and running wild and, and dying. And it doesn't matter. You pick out your phone and you can choose any newsletter you want to. And what you're going to find is absurdity, obscenity, and futility. And I don't say that because I'm a doom and gloomer. Those of you who know me know that I'm not. I'm not a cynic. I'm not a pessimist by anybody's definition. But I say it because of this. King Solomon was right when he said that when we reject God's vision for our lives, the result is chaos and eventually death. So why would anyone choose that? Why would we choose not to follow God's vision for our lives? Well, the short answer is we don't choose it. We just do it. That's the default mode for people who are living in a fallen world. Now, some of you may have made a New Year's resolution on January 1st. I have some bad news for you. 92% of people who make New Year's resolutions fail. 
92%. That means only 8% of people uh, keep a New Year's resolution that they make in their own power. I want to say that. In fact, I'm pretty impressed with you, to be honest. If you're one of those 8%ers who actually make New Year's resolutions in your own effort and power, you fulfill them, wow, I'm, I'm impressed with you because I don't. I can't. In fact, I haven't died. Obviously, I'm here. I don't really run wild. But I've cast off restraint many times in my life. Haven't you? I mean, if you think about it, the interesting thing is for all of us, and here's the simple truth, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, or God has not only given us a vision, he's given us his Holy Spirit to empower us to live it. So the Apostle Paul, you know, said that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives whenever Jesus, you know, is Lord in our life, when we're born again. And the reality of that is that the Holy Spirit is in here, but our old sinful nature, that running wild tendency, that, you know, that desire almost to just do whatever, it's always in a battle with the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit in our lives in order to live the abundant life that God has given us. And if we simply know the truth, Jesus said, if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Now, I know the truth because I've read through the Bible from cover to cover dozens of times. But what I've experienced is this. Knowing the truth doesn't make a difference until we yield to it. It doesn't make a difference until we live into it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm going to say right now, I think some of you have experienced this. We know the truth. God reveals the truth to us. And before it sets us free, even when we're trying to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, it messes us up. It messes up our life. And I'm going to give you a small example. And those of you who've been coming to New Life since fall, you're going to get, this is the last time you have to hear about this, I promise. Okay? But back in the fall, remember we were doing that four wills of God, and one of the wills was submit to God in doing right. And so the thing that I realized was that I never really submitted to God in doing right when it came to obeying the speed limit. And I've gone back and I've thought about that. On the day that I got my driver's license in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, back on June like 11th, 1973, I speeded on my way home. And I've been doing it ever since. So I had 45 years of casting off restraint in that area of my life. Now, the thing you need to know is I trusted Jesus when I was 12. So I already had Jesus in my life for four years before I got my driver's license. And that struggle was going on all those years. And the flesh was winning all of those years. Why? Well, here's the short of it. Driving slow is not fun. (laughs) I mean, the other day I was driving on Bear Creek Road. There's not even, a, you know, there's no passing lane or no, there's no line on Bear Creek Road. And I came to this little short stretch and I, it was a straight stretch and I was driving 35. That's the speed limit. All right. This guy was behind me and poof, right out past me. Here's something I know. He was having more fun than I was. <laughs> so why am I talking about this when I'm talking about a half lived life? Because of this. I want to tell you something else that I've been experiencing since I have been obeying the speed limit most of the time. And I won't promise you that I did it all the time, but most of the time. Number one is I have the satisfaction of knowing that I'm pleasing God. There's that sense of satisfaction. The second thing is wherever I go these days, I'm less nervous and tense when I get there. I'm just a little more relaxed than I used to be. The other thing is when one of you people come driving over a hill, you know, the way I used to drive, I can get out of your way before there's an accident. So that's, a, you know, an added benefit. So as we look at all of this reality that we're moving into 2019 and wanting to know the vision of God, do the vision of God, there is that individual will of God for each of our lives. 
that we want to know. But we also have a collective will that God has revealed to us here at New Life. It's a vision that God has given us, or a mission, we call it. And here it is, to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time. And pursuing that mission in your own personal life will actually give you a sense of greater meaning and purpose in your daily life. But as we pursue it together, what happens is what we saw happen in 2008. People get saved, people grow in their faith, and people live more like Jesus. There are three action verbs in that mission statement. Share, grow, live. And what do we share, grow, and live? We share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, one person at a time. We can all do that. We can all share the new life of Jesus with one person. We do that with words. And we do that by our actions when we live according to the vision that God has for us. But I do have to say, we can't share the new life of Jesus Christ until we have it. We have to have the new life of Jesus Christ in our life before we can share it. That makes sense. Jesus was once talking with a religious leader, and he said this to this man named Nicodemus. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again... You cannot see the kingdom of God. Being born again means receiving a new life. What Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is following the rules won't make it. Following the guidelines won't do it. What you have to do is have a relationship with God in such a way that it brings a new life into you. It's a spiritual life. And Jesus can offer that spiritual new life because of his perfection. He was perfect in every way because he's God as well as human. And so when he died on the cross, he could pay the penalty that we owed God, which is death for our sin. And when he rose again, he showed us the power of God. And then he sent his spirit into his church. That's us who believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So until we do that, we cannot live this full life that God created us to live. Every world religion that you can study, there's a, there's a desire to follow rules and guidelines, obey them to please God. Only in our faith does God come to us and say, I know you can't do it, so I'm going to die in your place. I'm going to give you a new life. It's free. There's no charge. There's no cost. And after we get that new life, after the Holy Spirit comes in, we don't have to follow the rules, but we get to. We get to do the things that please God, and that's, the, that's his vision and purpose for our lives. So in 2019, the New Life staff is going to do everything that we can do to make it possible for us to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus here in this local community of Saxonburg, our local region, our nation, and our world. But if you want to participate in that, the very first thing that you must do is you must give up the old life and receive the new life. And so there's going to be a prayer up on the screen, and I want you to look at it. It says simply this, Lord Jesus, I admit you have not been first in my life. I have. Obviously, if Jesus isn't first, most likely we are. I believe you are Lord and Savior. I've, I've explained what Lord and Savior means, both during the Lord's Supper and now, and of every person. I confess my need for you to take control of my life. That's admitting that we need him. I commit myself to you, And ask your Holy Spirit to come in and guide me from this moment forward. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've never prayed any prayer or something like that, and the words aren't important, the attitude and motivation of your heart is what's important. Um, If you've never done that and you're ready to right now, then you can pray with me. If starting off this new year, you simply want to pray it out loud to just affirm that you need Jesus in your life, then I would encourage you to pray it out loud with me as well. Lord Jesus... 
I admit you have not been first in my life. I have. I believe you are Lord and Savior of every person. I confess my need for you to take control in my life. I commit myself to you and ask your Holy Spirit to come in and guide me from this moment forward. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's how we, when I say we, I mean the New Life staff, are going to help each other in this process of becoming more like Jesus, growing and living this faith, this vision that God has for us in 2019. I already mentioned the one way, and that is through the one-year prayer and Bible reading guide. Some of you, I hope, maybe many of you, have started this prayer reading, our Bible reading process on January 1st. If you didn't start on the 1st, it's only the 6th, you can pick one of these up at the Welcome Center and you can get started. And what will happen is you'll read from Genesis all the way through the Bible during the course of this year of 2019 if you devote about 15 minutes to a day and you're an average reader. Every day, there's going to be a, a reading from the Gospels. We start with Mark. It's the shortest Gospel. It's the, probably the clearest action-oriented Gospel for somebody that's just starting out reading the Bible. And we're going to actually read through the Gospel of Mark twice as we're reading the Old Testament books. And what will happen is up until day 313, there will always be a Gospel reading. After that, there won't be because we'll be into the New Testament by then. And you will probably have the Gospels so clear in your mind and your heart that you will be able to continue to, to live out in the power of the Holy Spirit what you're learning there. So that's the first um, benefit or guide that we have. The next one is this one. It's called the Connect 20-Day Prayer Guide. Today starts the 21 days of prayer and fasting here at New Life. If you have one of these and you open it up to today, there's going to be a scripture reading. There's going to be some prayer prompts that you can pray through. There's going to be some guides to fasting. For those of you who are here and never heard of fasting or don't know what it is, Fasting is simply going without food, all food or some food, um, or without some, if you, if you can't do that because of, you know, your health, um, or maybe something you really enjoy like television. You just don't watch it for 21 days. And during the time when you would usually be doing the other activity, you focus on God. And, and you do it to glorify Him and to strengthen and deepen your relationship with Him. And if you, um, if you would have the time to do this, Mondays through Fridays, starting tomorrow morning, we're going to meet here at the church from 6.30 to 7.15 for a brief time of worship and to pray together in small groups. And the reason we're doing that, you know, we say here at New Life, everything begins and ends with prayer. And the reason we say that is because every relationship grows through communication. If we don't communicate with each other, we won't grow in our relationship. And so prayer is communicating with God. And when we do that either on our own or together, we draw closer to God. And when we're doing it in a group, we draw closer to each other as well. The first eight months of 2019, our weekend messages are going to focus on teachings from Jesus, from, uh, from Solomon, and from other writers of the Bible. And uh, next week, we're going to start a four-week series called My Big Fat Mouth. Now, have any of you ever opened up your mouth and said something that you wish you could like stuff the words back in? Everybody, right? We're going to talk about gossip, lying, criticism, and complaining during that four-week series. And so if you've ever had a problem with any of those things, wouldn't it be good to have God's design for that, his vision for, for overcoming those? If we could just overcome those four things, it would be an incredibly better 2019, not only for us, but everybody around us as well. The last three weeks of February, we're going to talk about three of Jesus' parables that tell us about living, uh, sharing, growing, and living the new life of Jesus. And then, uh, before I move on to what we're going to do after that, I want to say 
why I'm sharing this with you. Why am I sharing these first eight months of the year with you, what we're going to be doing in weekend worship? Because I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to participate in worship weekly in 2019. Now, I want to make two comments about that. Weekly is W-E-E-K-L-Y, not W-E-A-K-L-Y. Okay, right? I don't want you to worship in a weak manner, but every week. Secondly, participate doesn't mean I'm asking you to be here every week. I'm not going to be here every week in 2019. Lord willing, I know I'm going to be going on mission trips and doing some other things. But we can still participate in weekly worship with a group of believers, either in the other place where we are or by watching online. Last night, I, I saw a family. They came, they came for the first time in like six weeks. And I said, man, I missed you. And they said, I was, the wife was sick, couldn't come to worship. But they said, well, we've been with you every week through the, you know, the online worship service. So that's a, another blessing that we have in this age of technology. So... Back in about 60 A.D. or so, about 30 years after Jesus went back to heaven, there was a writer, uh, we don't know who it was for sure, but wrote the book of Hebrews. And here's what the author said. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we have the opportunity to gather every week here in weekend worship. At New Life, we have the opportunity to gather in small groups. They're going to be kicking off in February, so um, you can sign up with them for them starting next week, I believe it is. And if you've never been in a small group, it's a way to experience fellowship and discipleship in a, in a small group setting. It's a way to grow in our faith in 2019. If you're you know, children or young people, we have New Life students, which kicks off on the 15th, and New Life, New Life Kids is going on right now. So... Why am I telling you this? Do I want you to spend all your time at church in 2019? Absolutely not. I do not want you to just be busy with church. But I do know this. If you'll invest an hour in worship every week with your brothers and sisters, if you'll invest a time in a small group, whether for age-appropriate small group, what will happen in this year is that all the other hours, that 24-7 life we live out there in the world, is going to be impacted in our families, in our workplaces, And our schools are going to be better and more effective because of our commitment to putting Jesus first in 2019. So then, from the beginning of March until Palm Sunday, we are going to address some divisive issues in our culture. New Life has never uh, veered away from talking about the difficult things in life. We believe that God has a response to all of them, and we want to make sure that we are equipped to share them. And so the series is going to be called Elephants. You know, those are the big things that are obvious in the room that we don't talk about. And here's, here are the ones we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about abortion, racism, suicide, sexuality, widows and orphans, and the poor. And we're going to help you answer this question. How do we respond in everyday conversation when an elephant sneaks into the room? Because, you know, there are some people out there in the world that think that Christians are against everything and everybody. And we're actually not. We love everybody. At least Jesus said that we're supposed to love him, you know, God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And so when we come into a conversation about one of those very difficult issues, we want to know what the Lord says about it. We want to know how we can respond, but we want to be able to do it in a way that shows his love as we do it. Because the only way we're ever going to help people that are struggling with those issues is by coming alongside of them, but not by screaming at them and yelling. Because there's enough screaming and yelling going on in our culture. Everybody knows that. So uh, that's what we're going to do for uh, up until Easter. On Easter, we're going to do something we never did before at New Life. 
Now, if you've been coming to New Life for a while, you know that that's, you know, that's pretty common here, doing something we've never done. We're not going to talk about only about Jesus' resurrection on Easter. That's what you usually talk about on Easter. But we're going to introduce a new series that's going to last from the end of April all the way through August. It's going to be called Mountain Monologues. It's going to be about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus addresses virtually every matter of life. We're going to sit at his feet and we're going to see what Jesus' followers are and what Jesus' followers do. And as we do that throughout, you know, from the time we get from April through August, and here's the key, putting them into practice in the power of the Holy Spirit, our lives are going to be so changed that it's going to change our families. It's going to change our workplaces and our schools. It's going to change our community. It's going to have a ripple effect to the ends of the earth. I honestly believe that because that's the power of God in our lives. Now, we, meaning the staff, is going to work as hard as we can to do our part to make sure that you're equipped to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time. And we know that God will do his part. He always does his part. So that only leaves one person. That's you to do your part, right? And as we do that, we're going to see this community change. We're going to see this region change, this world change. That's what's going to happen as we do that. Now, I do need to say something as I talk about this. Um, I need to say we're going to do all of this if the Lord wills. You see, in 1 John, John was talking about people who say, well, I'm going to go this year. It's a new year. I'm going to go to this new city. I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to prosper. And John said, well, wait, 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 wait. Before you say any of that stuff, say, if the Lord wills. Because we don't know if Jesus is coming back this afternoon. He might come back next week. So if he comes back this afternoon or next week, we're not going to do any of the stuff I just said. Right? But if he doesn't, we're going to be ready. If he comes back in a month, two months, six months, whatever, we're going to be ready because that's what Jesus said. He said we're supposed to be ready. So we're going to do everything we can do to get you ready. And you're going to do everything you can do to be ready when Jesus returns. And so the first thing you're going to do, we're going to do, all of us, is the first next step of 2019. And we'll have one of these every week at the end of the message. And here it is. I will live with Jesus first in 2019. I will live with Jesus first in 2019. We have the vision. We know there's divine guidance. You know, we have it. We have that prophetic vision, that vision. And so we know that we don't have to run wild. We don't have to, you know, go crazy in this year. We don't have to cast off restraint. And we don't have to die from from our own sin and stupidity. So what we can do is we can live, share, grow and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, starting right here with our family members and with our neighbors, with our, with our classmates at school and our coworkers, in a way we never have. And I believe it's going to get harder and harder and harder to go to hell if you live in Saxonburg in 2019. I mean, you're going to really have to try hard, right? Amen? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and love. We thank you so much that you have a vision worth following, and you also have given us your Holy Spirit so we can actually do it. God, we pray. That as we move into this new year, as we continue to move through 2019, that you will do in us what we cannot do. And that you will give us the ability to do the things in every area of life that we can have victory. Not so that we can have victory, but so that you can have the glory. God, we pray that your kingdom will advance. That your glory will be demonstrated. That people will come to know Jesus. 
We ask this in his name. Amen.